Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive-through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. Throw balls far. You want good words? Data languages. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. Welcome in, Skinny on Sports on 98.1 FM, 1240 AM, KADS. The sports animal, Jared Atha in studio. We have Aaron on the road. He is over at Weatherford for the 4A Boys State Golf Tournament, and he's going to be uh, on. Well, he's, he'll be with us. He's with us right now, actually. And, uh, Aaron, I just kind of took the reins here. I didn't know if you are going to talk or if I was, so I just went ahead and uh, took care of it for you. Before we throw it out to you, big shout-out to Paul Jones Drug. It is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. We'll talk about Paul Jones Drug and Rodney Skinner and everything that they do over there on uh, North Main. But, Right now, let's go ahead and throw it out over there uh, in Weatherford. That's where Aaron's at. Like I said, he's at the 4A Boys Golf State Tournament where day two is, uh, well, it's already underway. Uh, yesterday was day one, had the perfect weather for it. So I guess we'll start right there, Aaron. How did everything go yesterday? Yeah, it's more like Western Oklahoma out here today than it was yesterday. Uh, the wind's kicking up out of the south. It feels, it has that feel of a, uh, I mean, I didn't look at the weather because I forgot to do that before I left, but it, it has that feel, Jared, of a spring day in Oklahoma where uh, there could be uh, some thunderstorms later on. Uh, but no, yesterday was a gorgeous day. Uh, the golf course, if you haven't been over here, they, they did a bunch of uh, irrigation stuff over the winter time here over the last uh, few months. Uh, and it's a little bit scruffy, there's no doubt about that, but uh, the, the greens look really, really good, really fast. I uh, thought the, the, it played uh, pretty well. So far, uh, team-wise, the Oklahoma Christian School Knight, uh, Saints, excuse me, 580. Uh, they got a four-shot lead over Heritage Hall. And then uh, you find the Elk City Elks tied for third with Holland Hall at 623. So it's, it, it's kind of, I think, two different tournaments today. you got the tournament for first and second, and then you got the tournament to see who gets third uh, with Casha Hall one shot behind that, that, that two-way tie for third. So... You know, it's uh, it's pretty interesting the way this is set up because yesterday Oklahoma Christian Schools and, and uh, Heritage Hall played so well that they separated themselves by 40 shots over the, the next closest uh, combatants. But then that next closest is all with the three teams within one shot of each other. So it, it's kind of uh, a race for first and also a race for third, uh, the way this thing breaks down uh, as a team individually. <clears throat> no surprise here, but uh, Ryder Cowan, Leads the pack. Uh, Ryder shot 135 yesterday, which was 67, 68. That's seven under par. A lot of people uh, out our way familiar with Ryder. He grew up in Elk City. I uh, grew up out at Elk City Golf and Country Club. Uh, they moved uh, to the Edmund area 
gosh, he was probably a fifth or sixth grader, something like that. Uh, it's been that long ago. Uh, so Ryder is uh, signed to go to play golf at OU next year. Uh, so no surprise that he played well. He's got a two-shot lead over Heritage Hall's Ben Lathrop, who shot 69-68. Uh, so that's a, that's a five-under total uh, for two rounds. He's in second. A shot ahead of Bryant Polehill, who was Ryder's teammate at Oklahoma Christian Schools at 138. That's four-under. He had a pair of 69s. And then you find Big Elk senior Mason Schmidt in fourth place all alone at 139, which is three under par. Mason shot one under 70 and two under 69 yesterday. So, uh, you know, there's, uh, it's interesting that those top four there that I just named individually are all seniors, all from the west side of the state. If you're not familiar how the All-State works, the top two seniors from each side of the state will be All-Staters in this golf tournament. Uh, so there's... Uh, a lot to play for here, not only as a team for the Big Elks, but also Mason uh, right there on the cusp uh, of being in, in, the, in the conversation or having a good enough score today for All-State. So it'll be, uh, it, there's a lot to, lot to look forward to here this afternoon at Prairie West. And of course, we'll have uh, live video updates on Big Elk TV. Those will start as soon as we get the show done uh, and then uh, give you an idea of, of where the Elks stand, where they stand individually. Uh, going in and throughout the final round here today at Prairie West and Weatherford. The other scores for the Elks, uh, senior uh, Nathan Walmack shot a 76 and a 74. Uh, you had Tristan Dunn with 83-81. Braden Duncan shot 90-80. And Keaton Twyman had a 96 and then a 93 in the afternoon. The Elks were one of the only teams to get stronger in the second round than what they were in the first round. If they uh, went into the second round after a 319 in round one, uh, in sixth place and almost in eighth. They were just a couple of shots ahead of eighth, and then they vaulted up the leaderboard after a 304 yesterday afternoon where everybody else fell back. The Oaks came up, and so that's why they find themselves in that tie for third going into this final round today. I want to go back. You touched on it, the playing conditions. Uh, yesterday, like I said, was beautiful, but – uh, for those who don't know, last week they played the girls state tournament over there, the 4A girls state tournament, and then there's even some maybe some rain that blew on through. So, is the course holding up okay? Any signs of wear and tear? Uh, I mean, nothing that wasn't here before any of that happened. I mean, there's just there's been a lot of work done over here uh, with the, with irrigation and with drainage. And there's just there, there's definitely scars on the golf course from that that haven't been able to be healed because of the lack of rain and the lack of heat so far in the spring. And so you know there's a lot of different places uh, where there's ground under repair where there won't be uh, come you know if this was a year from now uh, and when everything would have grown in uh, over over the work that was done. Uh, but you know you're allowed to move it off of those things, so I don't think it's. It's not affecting anything, to be yeah. quite honest. The, the greens are fine. The greens are actually very, very quick when you watch them roll. Um, they got firmer. as that, and I think that was probably the thing. As the afternoon wore on, the wind picked up just a little bit at times. Uh, the heat, you know, it was hot yesterday. It had to have been in the 90s somewhere. And so you're talking about uh, the, the greens drying out. And I think that played to Elk City's advantage because that's exactly the way the greens are at home. Uh, you know, they get they get firm, they get fast. And so uh, I think Oak City, as a team and as individuals, were very comfortable with those conditions yesterday afternoon. And it showed. Uh, one, one anecdote that uh, I watched, the Oak City up on number 10, which par three heads back straight to the west, right along the road. There's out-of-bounds left, uh, just a few 
steps off the left side of the green. Yesterday morning, Braden Duncan, uh, as uh, on his first hole, hit a couple of those, a couple of his tee shots out of bounds and ended up making a nine. Uh, you know, six over par in your first hole of the state tournament. Um, obviously, not good and kind of a little bit unsettling. So yesterday afternoon on number three, so you go par three, a par five that goes back along the you know, soccer field to the left if you played over here at Weatherford. Then you go short par four back toward the rodeo arena. And so he made a par on the he made a par on ten, which it was uh, six shots better than the score he made the first round. And then he birdied eleven and chipped in for birdie on twelve. And uh, as he was walking by me to the thirteenth tee, he goes, "Man." I'm already 13 better than I was in the first round, <laughs> so a definite change there in the afternoon. I thought that was a, that was pretty funny that he had already calculated that up in his head. Like, man, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm way better this round than I was last round. So, and he carried it on through. And I think, you know, looking back, the, the Elves, they're the third best team here. They just didn't play like it in round one. And, you know, they if they go out and play just a normal round of golf. There's 20 shots ahead of third and probably 20 shots behind first. You know what I'm saying? But they just, they all kind of played bad at the same time outside of Mason in round one. And so now they're going to have to scratch and claw to get themselves on the podium, which I fully expect they will this afternoon. Very good. So they've already teed off and only round one or one round today, correct? (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Uh, Nathan was teeing off as I was walking up from the parking lot. And so, yeah, the Elks are out there uh, in round three. Then there would be a group of individuals. That, that qualified for state in between the the Elks and then the final wave of teams. It was it was interesting because I was I was curious how the tie would be broken because you have Oklahoma Christian, you have Herit- uh, Heritage Hall one and two. Well, they go off in pair in, in threesomes, right? And so Elk City and Hall and Hall tied team score wise exactly for third at six twenty three. So my question was, what's the tie break to get into that final group? No one knew it at the time. But I was sitting right here. I'm looking out at number nine green from the, the the back portion of the clubhouse, right, you know, right here, right now. And I was sitting there shooting a video when Nathan tapped his ball into the hole, finished his round before Hall and Hall's one back, which means Oak City was in first with 623. But there was no way to know that, right? At the time, he had no idea whether or not that matters. I'm curious to find out. Uh, Coach Stevens thought it might have been the five-bag scores is how the tie was broke, mm. uh, but he wasn't 100% for sure. But uh, as far as if this is on the PGA Tour and the way that those rules work, Elk City would still be waiting to tee off because they would have been in the final group as opposed uh, to, Hall, to Holland Hall, who was in it with whatever the tie break was to get them there after yesterday's round. All right, very good. And looking ahead at the weather um, over there and what, well, you know, you have a 1,000 tabs open. There we go. Uh, I'm sure it's is it cloudy there like it is here cloudy yeah the, foggy misty a little bit the fog the fog broke about Canute probably on the drive over where it got where it's clear it's cloudy it's clear uh, it's a little bit breezy out of the south and I think that's going to just continue to to uh, freshen as the day goes on but it's it's comfortable for sure it's a comfortable temperature I think the cloud cover might help out keep the temperature down I mean it got hot yesterday afternoon yeah it did. You know, the, some of the, the teams that, well, Elk City played with Holland Hall and Lincoln Christian, both kind of eastern side of the state teams, and they were they were commenting how hot it was. And I'm sitting there going, you know what, and, and how how breezy it is. And I thought, wow, you think this is breezy? <laughs> Everybody uh, from over here is enjoying this. Yeah, that's, 
That's a breeze. <laughs> it's not a wind. Yeah, it's a breeze. It's yeah. nothing. Yeah. yeah well, was, according no, to this, nobody over here even realized it was blowing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. According to this, uh, your sunshine is supposed to break through afternoon in the one two o'clock area, but. By then, I mean, I don't know, pace of play with everything over there. What time do you think they could be wrapping up, about mid-afternoon at the latest? I ought to be getting pretty close about then, at least with, with Elk City. Uh, you know, and they're, they've already got everybody out on the course at 9 o'clock or a little bit before. So, you know, four yeah. hours later, four and a half, it's 1 o'clock, one thirty. I, I would imagine, I would imagine we, that everything would be decided and wrapped up, barring playoffs, let's say, uh, by 3 o'clock. I think with that with that another group back another hour, yeah. you're looking at some somewhere in that you know one thirty to three o'clock uh, area for Trail City to be done, and then by three, I think everybody will be done, and, and we'll have uh, definitive results of who is the team champ and who is the individual champ here at the four A state golf. Right. And the point to all this is, I don't think the weather's <laughs> going to have any kind of effect on. No, uh, it's either. not going to be too hot. I mean, this is actually really nice golf weather, if you ask me. With the just wind. wind. Yeah, I, just wind, but w- again, wind. We, we, we're used to that, but um, I think with the way the scores are, are uh, shaping up, um, like you said earlier, it's a matter of a tournament for first and a tournament for third. Um, and yeah. Elk's in a good position, uh, though, uh, to finish at the top, if not one of the top three in the state. So, uh, well, again, you're going to have updates uh, throughout the day on Big Elk TV. That's right. Uh, Big Oak TV. Probably do kind of a, as soon as we get done here, probably do kind of a pre-game, pre-videos. you know, videos, yeah. uh, Just to basically recap what I just did, let everybody, let everybody know uh, what the standings are heading into the final round. Uh, and then once we get to 11 o'clock, I should have uh, some videos and hopefully maybe even some nine-hole scores. Uh, with Keaton Twine and teeing off around 8.15, they ought to be making the turn right through here. Uh, where I can see uh, how, what they shot on the front nine and get ready to go to the back nine. All right. Uh, we'll come back towards the end of the hour and um, kind of recap uh, what you just told us and what we can look forward to throughout the rest of the day. Let's stay with high school uh, sports. The 4A baseball bracket is set. We were waiting for one game yesterday to take place. That was between Salisaw and Uligal. And it looked like, uh, for all intents and purposes, that it was going to be Salisaw's uh, a win right there. But then here comes Uligal. They had a six-run bottom of the sixth inning and uh, to take an eight to six lead and uh, Salisaw could not uh, push any runs across in the top of the seventh and that would do it so Uligal will be Elk City's opponent I'm going to run down uh, chronologically uh, the 4A bracket and the quarterfinals starting on Thursday 11 a.m. Tuttle and Fort Gibson followed by like I just said Elk City and Uligal around 1:30. you can I mean if we first pitch at 130 we're on that's that impresses me i don't know why they said that never happens at that time prior and blanchard <laughs> at four o'clock and cushing and lone grove at 6 30 so uh if elk city is fortunate enough to get a win possible uh matchup again with tuttle in the semifinal uh or Fort gibson which they're playing pretty good themselves but let's let's not kid ourselves tuttle's a pretty dang good team so i'm sure you've seen this bracket anything stand out to you i mean this is kind of what we expected yeah, <clears throat> I mean, the Elks are the only team uh, that was a district champion that will not play a district champion in the first round. Uh, Vertigris was the only district champion to not make it out of their regional, uh, which was won by Uligal. So, you know, you could look at that a myriad of different ways. But uh, the fact is, 
Oak City doesn't have to play in that first round, a team that uh, that won their district, and they're the only ones that have that advantage going into uh, Thursday. I would, I'm excited. You were there last year, and you saw Fort Gibson and Tuttle, and Fort Gibson was right there, and yeah. probably thought they should have won that game. And here's the deal: they have a dude that's going to OSU that'll be on the hill of Big Lefty, so that's going to be that's a for for a team that probably ranked one, two, or three in the state would be my guess. If, if, I mean, if you just started ranking them, Tuttle would be near the top. That's a tough first round draw uh, to, to have to face the Tigers and and that uh, that strong arm that they're going to have from the left side. So that will be an interesting opener. You know, it's always one of those, uh, you know, the dilemma we talked about yesterday uh, with Oak City having, having a couple of really good pitchers, what order do you throw those in, and, and that kind of thing. Uh, but but here's something that I was actually talking to Jay last night, uh, watching the, the Crushers play, and something that's kind of on his mind as well, and it has to be, is rain. Yes. You know, what, what would, how, you know, do you, is, is it easier to just throw cash out there to, on Thursday because of what the rain looks like? So you can get Thursday's game, in, th- say you get Thursday in, then it starts raining, and who knows when you get to play again, and, and does the rest, does he exhaust the rest time and get to ineligible to throw again? You know, so that's another thing that I think has to factor in uh, to these coaches' decisions. Such is, a gamble, you know, though. Such a gamble, right? Gamble for what? To, to throw your best to throw your best pitcher in game one. You know, I, I, well, that's what I, I and I'm leaning that you throw throw your best available. No, I'm saying you throw him Thursday. Right. There might be a, there might be okay. a chance you get to throw him again I, because I, of yeah, money. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm talking about that. It but if you're on the side of saving a, saving an arm, and no, then, yeah, that's, no, that's not what I'm saying. No, right. no, that it takes saving the rain chances and and probabilities almost take. In my mind, it's a possibility. It almost takes saving him out of play because yeah. the rain might save him, but or, or get him to throw another game. So I think that's something that's got to weigh on your mind as well. Where you know we might get chances of getting Thursday in look pretty decent, but what about Friday? And then Friday spills into Saturday, then Sunday. You know, and then on next first to next week, it's supposed to be raining. Well, here's and the so deal. What I'm saying is that Mother Nature might make your decision for you, or you throw the horse in game one. And you might just get him back for game two or game three sure. if you were able to make it that far. Um, when I watch the news, only only thing I'm watching anymore is just the weather. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And so uh, the latest, uh, and I noticed this morning that the probability for rain in the Edmond area kind of went down for Thursday. Actually, I, I think we're go okay on Thursday. Looking at it right now, mostly sunny and 13 percent chance of rain. Friday, partly cloudy. 20% chance of rain, but here's the thing. Friday's game, if they were to win that uh, uh, the quarterfinal game, would be at 4 o'clock, so late afternoon. The timing right. of the rain is going to play in a factor there on Friday because Friday's 20%, Friday night's 31%. So you got to wonder, when does that percentage of chance of rain go up? And uh, could that affect, um, you know, and we say 4 o'clock. Now, like I said earlier, I mean – well, it is the first game, but there are other games too. There, am I wrong? No, no. Ed Memorial's only four is only at Ed Memorial. No, no one else. So that That's would right. be a hard time. First pitch, four o'clock. No yeah, delays. You're involved. talking about Friday. Okay, you're talking Friday, about Friday. Friday, yes. Uh, the only one I would assume yes, but the the one bracket that's not out there yet is two A um, for the state tournament, and I do know that originally 
Elk City was scheduled to play on Friday if they were to win on Thursday at 11. was the original schedule on yeah. the bracket. They changed that because of 2A is going to go first at 11 on Saturday. So they didn't want 2A to have to play late than early, you know, late Friday, early Saturday. So I don't know if they're at Edmund Memorial or not because I haven't seen that bracket. Yeah. Uh, but I do know that, that the times were changed uh, for Elk City's some possible semifinals because of Class 2A. And uh, I'm not. I'm just not 100 percent sure. I know that uh, 3A. Where's 3A? They're at. Uh, I think I remember, Seminole, but it's not at Memorial. Uh, no, um, Seminole State College. Maybe. I think that's right. I just had that clicked. Yeah, 2A. Okay, yeah. Uh, 2A Seminole, Seminole State. Yeah. 2A semifinals are at Edmond Memorial. They so are. That, so that's what happened. Instead of instead of the Elk City game being at 11, well. and the State Blanchard and Lone Grove being at 1:30, and then their final being at five. They switched that, so 2A is going to play at 11 and 1.30, so there is no hard time on that 4 o'clock. There's no telling when that where that could happen, which, by the way, if it's later, could benefit the Elks. Once again, if, you like you say, the rain chances are better the later on mm-hmm. in the afternoon or evening it gets. And while we're at it, we'll look at Saturday's forecast for Oklahoma City. Now, that's the rain. That's that's where we got to worry. Uh, that game would be at what time? We just said it. Five. Five o'clock. Five. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Fifty-eight percent basically all day and night on Friday and Saturday in Oklahoma City. Mixed clouds, sun with scattered thunderstorms, and you know how that works out this time of year in Oklahoma. Be right on you. It could be ten miles away with sunshine. So it, it flip a coin, but we'll see what we get. So right now, though, Thursday playing at one thirty against Ulaga, the Mustangs. Now looking at Ulaga, just a quick little look ahead at them. I'm sure we'll really break it down tomorrow. Uh, before Thursday, 24 and 12 on the season, uh, but they are on a, a little bit of a heater here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven wins out of their last 12, and uh, that loss came against Salisal in the regional tournament. And like I said, they're able to come back and avenge it and um, not punch their ticket into the state tournament. And by the way, they beat Vertigris, a team Elk City played last year in the quarterfinals. Uh, they beat them 14 to 13 in extra innings. And they ended their season in their regionals. So again, Uligal, uh playing some, you know, pretty good baseball here at the right time of the year. So uh, it's not just one of those opponents where, I mean, Elk City is what they are. They're really, really good. But Uligal is a team that's coming in a little bit hot. Just saying, Elk City. I just hope they wouldn't overlook them, and I don't think they will. Hey, yeah, wonder what the the game on the game yesterday did pitching wise for them. That's true. Um, Maybe it might have helped get an arm back for yesterday, but does it, it then hurt who they would want to start coming up on Thursday? You should never know exactly how that works. Uh, Jay thought it was either their one or two that threw yesterday. Um, and so, you know, that, that eliminates that person from being able to uh, to throw on Thursday, depending on the amount of pitches. Um, but he, he thought that the, the starter went enough pitches to where the Thursday would not be an option uh, for yeah, I'm trying to bring up yesterday's stats. Uh, da, da, da. Should have had that ready to go. Just to see how many arms they threw. Like you said, I don't think I'm going to get lucky here. Oh, there we go. Okay. And by the way, wild game. I was texting. I was like, well, it looks like it might be Uligal. And then uh, they were up. Or Salsal was up. Two, four, five, six, two, two. Going into that sixth inning, then, like I said, Ulgal had that six-run bottom of the six. They just came alive. 
I'm sure Salisaw is scrambling with their pitching. But looking at Uliga, they only pitched one, one guy. Yeah. He went the full yeah, seven. There you go. Yeah. And so depending, I mean, depending on the number of pitches, you would assume that uh, that takes who that takes that guy out for Thursday. Uh, just having what three days rest in between. Yeah, they, yeah. That, that you'd assume that 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 person is is not going to be available uh, to Ulagal coming up on Thursday. Well, should be fun. And a reminder: the we will have a video stream of both the quarterfinal and we hope the semifinal on Big Elk TV, but due to OSSA regulations and restrictions, uh, we cannot stream it live on Saturday. Knocking on wood if we're there at Bricktown, but we uh, can record it, or we can have an audio-only stream, and we can also record it and upload it uh, 48 hours later. So we are arranging all of that to happen uh, in the event that we are playing on Saturday. So just something I want to push across so our phones aren't blowing up on Saturday wondering where why we can't watch. So... We'll, uh, we'll reiterate that as the week goes on. Let's take a break, and um, we will. We got a lot to cover. We can talk about well, the Lakers are looking like, dare I say, contenders. Taking a 3-1 lead over the Warriors last night, 104-101. We'll break that down, talk a little bit about that coming up. It is the Skinny on Sports. On the animal, don't go anywhere. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug. And I promise, we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports. 98.1 FM, 1240 AM, KADS, the sports animal. It is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday, where we thank Rodney Skinner for helping us out on this Tuesday. They do a lot over there. Experience compounding. They're the oldest compounding pharmacy in Oak City. Free local delivery, drive-through pickup, curbside testing and vaccinations, long-term care unit packaging. Those are blister packs. We've talked about what those are. Those are so cool. Where they will, instead of you having to fill your own pill caddy every Sunday, uh, don't. Go golf on a Sunday. Let Paul Jones Drug fill your quote-unquote pill caddy. They're called blister packs where they put all the pills in one day. They seal them up. They label them each day. You just rip it open, take your pills on that day. You're good to go. Convenience packaging, uh, that's what that is. That's exactly what that is. Uh, I, I messed that up. That's the convenience packaging. That's not the blister packs. DME, durable medical equipment. We're talking walkers, canes, crutches. I think Sean went down there and got himself some canes. Gifts and greeting cards. Most insurance is accepted. 809 North Main Street. That's Paul Jones Drug. Care you can trust. Call them up, 580-225-2121. You know, before we jump over to, to the NBA, uh, final note on high school. Uh, did you see the um, – It went, uh, I, I noticed it this morning – and I don't know when this happened, if it happened yesterday, because there were a lot of rain-delayed games. Like, one of those was obviously the Salisaw and Ulogal game. Uh, Aaron, did you see the high school game? I think it was OCS and either it's – I think it might have been Bethel. And they played over at Oklahoma Christian uh, University where they're, they're shaking hands at the end of the game. And uh, I think it was the Bethel player, who had shorts on, by the way, didn't look like he was in the game, just sucker punches uh, an OCS uh, – catcher 
just sucker punches them. And cooler heads prevailed. The the umps were still there, thankfully, to kind of – and then the, the Bethel coach got in front of his player and was just – visibly upset did you see that did you see that no i, it, I didn't but the, that man that is becoming such a common occurrence right now it feels like every other day you see something with the handshake line and somebody doing something stupid and next thing you know uh there's there's a, a brawl going on yeah i, so, I was efforting God. the backstory on that uh, from what i could find out was and i'm gonna make sure i don't want to i don't want to uh say the wrong school name um I think it was Oklahoma Christian School. Um, this is a 3A regional, by the way. Let me make sure it is. Because uh, OCS had won. It was Bethel. They won 5-2. Yeah, yeah, OCS is in the state tournament. I saw that bracket yesterday. Yeah, they won 5-2. to two. Uh, They basically split or uh, took two of three from Bethel to win that whole thing. So um, the backstory I got was uh, the young man that threw the punch was in the game, and uh, before a pitch, he's calling for time. He didn't get it. Pitch came. It was a called strike. He was upset, started verbally uh, uh, yelling at the umpire. The catcher stood up and got between him and the umpire to basically tell him to shut your mouth. And so, and then the, the, the young man from Bethel got thrown, got tossed. So that's why he was in shorts. He went and just got down into shorts, got out of his sliding pants, and um, then the punch happened on the catcher. So... Then I saw some of the remarks on Twitter on social media was two things. One, kudos that the the umps and his crew were still out there. Still, you know, because most umps and crews, as soon as the game's over, they run off the field. They're done. And so they're there kind of there mediating the uh, the handshake line, which I think that's good. Uh, they were, and that was good, obviously, because they were right there to make sure none of the other teams got into it. And it looked like the other teammates had wanted nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? None of them wanted to get in a fight. They were like, what is going on? And then two people were like, people from out of state, because, again, this thing went viral in a hurry. People were saying, mm-hmm. wait a minute. You guys still do a handshake line? We haven't done that in years. What we do, we go out and we shake our teammates' hands. But, but to avoid, because this has gotten such, this has become a problem where there's been altercations like that in the handshake line after the game, which I'll admit, I was kind of holding my breath when Chickasha and Oak City were handshaking after that game last week. Do you still agree with the handshake line? Here's the deal. I think as an athlete and as a man, you owe it to yourself and you owe it to the person that just kicked your butt to go shake their hand and tell them a good job. Agreed. And and it's a couple of bad apples that are too sour a losers and not man enough to go do the right thing that is ruining it for everybody. It's that simple to me, is you ought to be able to man up and go tell the other good, the the person that just kicked your butt, good job. Uh, To me, that's always been the way it should be in sports. I think sports teaches you that. Um, now, I, I, I get that we're getting into this kind of era in our society where we don't have, we don't have kids that are man enough to do it. It's simple as that. And, and, it's, and it's sad that, that something that ought to be a, less, a life lesson giver, you know, and that is, you know, you have to know everybody can, everybody can be a good winner. 
right? But what shows your your integrity and, and your manliness is being a good loser. You know, that's one yeah. of the things that, yeah. that, that people loved about Jack Nicholas. You know, how how good a loser he was. Right. And guess what? He wasn't a loser. He's got the best, you know, the best career of all time in golf. So, so don't give me this crap about oh, if you teach your kid to be a good loser, he's just going to be a loser. Bull crap! You're talking about the greatest golfer of all time uh, in the record books. That was a great loser, and that didn't make him a loser. He was still a damn good winner. So that uh, that just it, it it frustrates me every time you see this crap, and it's because. You know, it's just, kids are soft. It's just the bottom line. You know what I mean? It's just, uh, I, there's no other way to say it. Kids are soft, and they're so pampered, and they're so spoiled that they don't know how to act when they when they don't get their way. And it's the same thing with this. They don't know how to act when they get their butt kicked. And, you know, that's just a reflection upon where we're at with parenting, where we're at with society, and even some coaching uh, that that stuff goes on. And it's just, and it's, it's just the same because... You know, like you said, everybody else on that baseball team for Bethel didn't want any part of that crap. No, they didn't. But one spoiled brat runs it for for the entirety of the Bethel baseball, you know, program because now they have that stigma about them. Yeah, and and I'll put this plea out there: stop posting it. Because well, that's these, not going to happen. I know, but it's it's. That's it's like a norm now. One every day, I wake up, I look, and there's a fight. There's some kind of not not just baseball, but there's hey, that's cool. Let's let's record these people fighting and posting it. But when it comes to baseball, they think, oh, it's okay because I see it all the time. Let's quit glorifying this stuff. But you're right; that's never it's never going to stop. But uh, and the funny thing, and I say funny thing um, kind of loosely, but when you watch it, and you and I've watched it over and over again, the young man that threw the punch, he threw it. And the kudos to the catcher. I mean, he even had all his gear on and everything, which I say advantage him, right? I mean, he could take a few punches right. and he'd be okay. <laughs> he was like, he ran out of there. He took the punch and he's like, what's going on? And he got out of there. Like, I'm getting out of this. Because he probably thought the whole team's about to pounce on me. And again, Bethel, mm-hmm. the whole team was like, what is this? What's going on? And the kid who threw the punch, you immediately saw regret. His body language, his shoulders slumped. Like, what did I just do? And then kudos to the Bethel coach. He went over there and and just kind of pointed at the dugout. I was like, get in the dugout, and you could tell he was uh, furious with him. But unfortunately, once again, we see something like this happen. But um, and then again, those comments like, should we shake hands? Shouldn't we shake hands? But I'm with you. I mean, y- you can become a winner by being a good loser. You know, it, I always, it, it, I it mean, shapes you almost more than than winning. Is how you lose. Right, right yeah. here at a golf tournament, and I mean that's one of the one of the coolest things about that. Those guys, you know, you see it on TV. Those guys battle it out for seventy-two holes or eighteen holes, and when they get done, what do they do? They take their hats off, they shake each other's hands, and congratulate them on a, on a job well done. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, right. uh, maybe it's not for every sport, you know, but it should be. But maybe it's not. Maybe it's not because we saw a bunch of things. You know, we saw things in the women's college basketball tournaments, not just boys, yeah. not just men. Yeah. You know, we saw that in the women's tournament, a couple of uh, different things where there's sucker punches, punches taken. So maybe maybe it's not every sport, which is which is too bad, you know. I mean, to me, if you can have dudes out there doing what they do in football for, for 60 minutes or 48 minutes in the high school game, 
just pounding on each other and pounding on each other, and they can go through a handshake line and everything. You know, you, that's, it's funny, isn't it? You, you never really see anything in that, do you? No. It doesn't feel like we've ever seen a real major uh, issue in, in a football handshake line. You know, sometimes the coaches no. in the NFL or their college might get heated with each other a little bit, uh, but you rarely, rarely, rarely see that. Uh, and now here we are. Uh, it feels like every other day right now in some of these spring sports where we're seeing this stuff all over the country. All right, that that was the okay. That's the bad of what happened yesterday, right? Right. Let's talk about the good because I wanted before we got to anything else. I wanted to uh, point this out. Okay. How about the year Fort Cobb had, huh? Oh my goodness! Oh, oh, how did we it, forget that? Yes. It's, it's it's impossible to have a better year in Class B than what Fort Cobb just did. Uh, the the triple crown. As it were, of state championships. Right. Uh, I believe. I believe they beat Roth in the in the uh, fall baseball final. Yes, nine to four. And, yes. Now that was yesterday. Oh, the, oh, oh, the, oh, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think you're right. I, I think, think you're right. I think it was the same two teams in the in the fall baseball championship game, and Fort Cobb won that one too. Uh, and then, of course, they knocked off Calumet in the in the basketball state championship game. So, uh, kudos to Fort Cobb. I mean, that is an unbelievable year uh, for the Mustangs. Uh, maybe maybe we shouldn't be surprised when there's two Willitses on that baseball team, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. With Jackson Jackson headed to OU next year, but uh, man, that, yeah, that's a fantastic year for Fort Cobb. It's literally as good as you can do in Class B with two baseballs and the basketball state championship. So kudos uh, to the Mustangs uh, there. We're we're used to them racking them up uh, in in basketball with Coach Hines, but if you go take a look at that baseball. It's been pretty darn good too. It almost gets a little bit overshadowed uh, by by what basketball does, I think. Uh, but the, the the Mustangs baseball program isn't very far off uh, being right there uh, with what uh, Coach Hines and the basketball group does. No, nah, they're they're um, it's amazing, and I talk about setting standards, and their standards isn't just getting the state tournaments; it's winning them or playing for titles. And and they they just ran through this tournament. 12 nothing over Visai, 11-3 over Tupelo, then, like we said, beating Roth 9-4. And it's almost to the point when they got to the state championship games, I'm thinking, start engraving that trophy now. Because Fork Ops, they don't know how to lose state championship games in any sport when it comes to boys basketball, uh, fall baseball, spring baseball. Kudos to them. And then you're just always sitting back thinking, okay, well, maybe this is the year they finally graduate all that talent. Nuh-uh. They keep producing. They keep they that they got a, a production or a, a program there that just is producing athletes at a high caliber year after year, and it's pretty impressive. It's something that shouldn't be ignored. That is good stuff. No, there's no doubt. Very good. No stuff. doubt about it. And then uh, Rattan is your Class A uh, state baseball champion. I I think most people thought that that's where that was headed. You know, they were down there at uh, at Gulf Shores, yeah, the same yeah. tournament that Oak City was in. And they were they were fantastic down there. Uh, a small school against the bigger schools. I want to say that they beat Stillwater they in that did. tournament. They did. That's what I, I thought they did. And you know they were a little bit like the Elks, just one win, one win shy of playing in that final four uh, with all those teams. What do we end up counting? Seventy something teams, I think, was down there. Uh, so yeah, the Rattan Rams uh, win uh, the state championship in Class A. So uh, good stuff is. And it's hard to believe that we're literally like a handful of days from being done with with the, with the athletic calendar in 22, 23. Also, hey, I want to mention this too. Um, the Elk City tennis team, the boys' tennis team, yeah. uh, is headed to state this weekend. I know there's a the double team of uh, Saiban, uh, Sarah Booth, and Quinn Brewer. We're 
regional champs. I saw that result uh, on some Facebook pages. And so, you know, that'll be coming up this weekend as well with the boys' state tennis tournament in Oklahoma City. And before we hop off high school uh, athletics, the uh, boys' and girls' soccer tournament continuing, the state tournament continuing tonight. Uh, locally, the Clinton boys taking on Metro Christian at 6 o'clock, all the way over at Metro Christian. On the other side, it's Bethany and Hildale. Those are semifinal games. And in the girls, uh, locally, Weatherford, it will be traveling to Holland Hall in their semifinal matchup. And Woodward will be taking on Metro Christian. That one is at Woodward. Uh, again, all happening tonight. And um, Clinton, man, looking for, what, three in a row? Is that right? Three in a row That's right. uh, in the boys' side. And um, I just don't see it, see anything stopping them. They look like the pretty good team. Only one loss in the year, and that was from a 6A school, I believe, without looking it up. Eugene Jefferson, man, he, uh, the great thing about Eugene Jefferson, Coach Jay is I always – I read this somewhere. When he first started coaching soccer, he had no idea how to play. He had nothing – he knew nothing about soccer, and he had to learn it. And over time, he has become one of the best coaches in the state, uh, or, or at least on the 4A level, when it comes to coaching soccer, and those titles uh, seem to prove that. Let's move on. NBA, uh, a couple games last night. We'll start in the West. Lakers took a commanding 3-1 to lead over Golden State, winning 104-101. to Anthony Davis was 23-15. and Curry uh, for Golden State, 31 points and 10, point, uh, 10 rebounds and 14 assists. Man, it, it, are, dare I say the Warriors' dynasty is coming to an end, or do they? can they still come back from this? What do you think? Well, it doesn't look like it. Um... Yeah, is it possible? You know, Clay Thompson has he he has not been what he was since he the the injuries, right? I mean, he was he was such a great number two before he got hurt, and since he's come back from those injuries, it feels like his attitude has changed. And maybe he is trying a little bit too hard to get more of the glory. I mean, that shot he took last night toward the end, 35-footer, was just atrocious. But it, it just seems like when you listen to him talk, when you see his demeanor on the floor, it almost feels like here in the latter stages of his career, after the injury, when he knows he's not what he used to be, he's trying to. Tr- it's almost like he's trying to steal some of the, the limelight for his legacy away from Steph because everybody just, you know, kind of crowned Steph the way they should. Uh, but it, it seems like Clay's attitude is just, it has been a little bit more me first since he's come back from his injuries. And last night was a perfect example of that. Just a horrid shot down the stretch there. It's a 35-footer for absolutely no reason when the Warriors uh, had the lead. Uh, kudos to the Lakers, man. They, that, that trade that they made at the deadline, shipping off uh, Westbrook and getting in guys that fit what they needed to needed them to fit to play the game the way they need to play the game it was was genius and it turned their season around you know um i wonder how much of a, a an example or a lesson this is going to be for teams around the league of you know being paying being more cognizant of how guys fit together how their games fit together as opposed to just trying to create a fantasy a basketball team with a bunch of big name stars it, it obviously didn't work in L.A. Uh, with the Lakers, and, and I think the catalyst of it uh, was was that trade, getting uh, shipping Westbrook out, 
but not not necessarily just because of, of Russ, but getting pieces that fit in what they need them to do around LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, and I never thought that shipping off Russ and retaining Reeves would be a good thing, but uh, Austin Reeves had 21 last night on a 7 and 15 shooting. He had hit three three pointers. That guy how does that how do you compute how do you I don't understand it's so this guy wasn't anything special in college. He was a nice player uh when he was at Wichita State and then OU. But could you ever see that trajectory with this guy Austin Reeves on a team that is could be competing for a world title? Not necessarily, but here's the thing. What he does well fits perfectly around LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know, Austin Reeves can shoot. Austin Reeves is a smart player. He can he can make things happen. And when the space that's created by playing with those other guys, his job becomes pretty easy at the end of the day. I mean, they're not asking – nobody's asking him to play isolation basketball against Draymond Green and try to go get a bucket down the stretch. That's not his role. That's what Anthony Davis or LeBron will do. And so – I, I just think it's it's such a cautionary tale, and but the teams never learn, right? They always think, okay, we can put these guys together, and we'll be the ones where it works. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about the teams with three stars, right? It worked in Golden State because Kevin Durant's game is so adaptable; he can play with anybody. I, I firmly believe that. Of all the super duper stars out there. Kevin Durant could play with anybody, even even more than say than say LeBron. I mean, think about it. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook worked. LeBron James and Russell Westbrook didn't. Yeah, and it's because I think that that KD is he, he's just so talented and he's so adaptable and flexible with what he does that that you can put him about anywhere, and it works. Uh, but but of the three, you know, it, it worked in Miami. With LeBron, Wade, and Bosch, but Dwayne Wade had to sacrifice and hand the reins over to LeBron. Where else has it really worked with three? That, that's a great. It, that's a great act. That's good it was point. A disaster in Brooklyn yeah. with Kyrie, KD, and, and and Harden. You know, it's it it just it it, it almost feels like. And Jim mentioned this on on Monday when you look at who's still left, especially out west. I think they've kind of figured out now that now that the Lakers made that trade, you can do it with just two. Yeah, but you have to have the right guys around those two. Well, look at Embiid and Harden. You know, it's working. Mm-hmm. It's working there with just those two with other pieces. Tatum and around. Brown. Tatum and yeah. Brown in Boston. Yep. You know, but when you get that third, and especially if it's a third person that needs the ball, if if it's a third guy that has to have the ball in their hands, that's when things go south. And that's why I say Durant was so good because. He's able. He doesn't have to have the ball in his hands all the time. You know, he can create uh, shots for himself by moving away from the basketball, and doesn't have to have it in his hands. You know, that's and to me that's why it was so devastating in Golden State because Curry's that way, Thompson's that way. You know, they were all three uh, guys that at that level didn't have to just pound the basketball out front uh, the way that Harden did back at the back in those days of James Harden. So. I think, you know, the, the bargaining agreement, the, 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 the TV deals, the, the salary cap, it's all about to explode uh, and get higher. And we'll see if these teams learn their lesson. 
yep. and are able to kind of mold if, if it's instead of the three-headed monster, if it becomes a two-headed uh, template, and then you work around from there to fill in the gaps with with capable players. Um, before we move on to Miami, because I know we're pressed on time, real quick, final thought about this. Uh, when I say that the dynasty could be coming to an end for Golden State, it, a lot of people kind of scoff, could scoff at that. Say, well, they've lost series before and come back and win a title the next year. Uh, but this could be it because Draymond Green, it look, it's just the smoke of him moving on to the Lakers in the offseason. Uh, it seems like there's there's some fire there. Could that be a bad thing for the Lakers? You talk about, you know, bringing in, you know, the, it's the two-piece that's working better than the three-piece. You put him on a team with LeBron. You put him on a team with LeBron and AD. I mean, that seems like that could be pretty detrimental for the Lakers. Well, not me, because Draymond is, Draymond can play multiple ways, and Draymond doesn't need the ball to yeah. be a good player. And you know, he's he's a little bit like Dennis Rodman in that in that way, to where he can he can influence and affect the game in such a positive manner and never touch the ball or, or never get a pass to him anyway. He touches it by, you know, making steals or getting rebounds or that kind of thing. Uh, but it just seems to me like Draymond is one of those guys that can morph into about whatever, you, you know, whatever you want him to be on the floor as a basketball player he can be. But I meant more like of the dynamics of his attitude. And, um, you know, could he could he mesh well with LeBron, you know, off court? And, and, and then – you see what I'm saying? It's just the, yeah, the, the I mean, attitude to it. It just feels like, good night, that could be a train wreck. It's one of those, once again, I mean, it's 95% positive, but does the 5% where he's negative make the difference, you know? Because for the most part, you don't hear much about Raymond. But when, he, but when you do, he does something really stupid, either punching Jordan Poole in the face, what we saw the other day. So, it, like, his, his bad is, is awful. You know what I mean? So yeah. will that will that over overtake the, the good that he does? Uh, it's possible, but at the same time, I also think that, that he has grown up enough, and he he's a, he wants to win enough to where you know it's, he realizes that uh, it's LeBron and it's LeBron's team, and and if, if I go there, you know there's a there's kind of a legacy here not to ruin, and and he's used to being there too with Steph. Uh, real quick, because we gotta get a break in, but we'll just touch on uh, over in the. East, the Heat beating the Knicks last night. They take a three-one lead in that series. The Heat. Uh, I talked about heaters earlier. They seem like they could be one of the hottest teams right now. They were kind of nothing coming into the playoffs. No one had any expectations for them. Uh, right now, they're on the verge of getting uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Or is this just a product of ah, uh, you're playing the Knicks? Well, they had to beat the Bucks to get to the Knicks. Sure, but but sure. how about but but think about this the the, the play in it's, it's it's young it's only a few years uh, in its existence but this is by far the best success that any play in teams have ever had we might have one in each each conference into the the final the conference finals because as well as L A is playing right now the Lakers you kind of forget wait a minute these guys were in the play in that's game. right you know what I mean in, in Miami heck Miami lost a play in game game yeah. and had to beat the Bulls. In a do or die, and now here they are, a win away from being in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's it's kind of strange because, you know, going into the year, I think a lot of people liked Miami. Yeah. As as yep. as the, you know, if you weren't picking Boston and you weren't picking Milwaukee, I think a lot of people kind of gravitated toward Miami because nobody really trusts Philly, right? I right. mean, and so, but it took a long time, 
but maybe this is the Miami that a lot of people saw preseason. Um, the, the expectations were pretty high down there. Um, lose Tyler Hero doesn't seem to matter. Somebody steps up. They got a, it's, it's a. It's an incredible team because outside, of course, Jimmy Butler's been off the charts incredible, right? He's just been awesome. But outside of him and Bam, and Bam hasn't necessarily been great, who the heck are these guys? You know, it, yeah. it's a. It's it's a totally different team. Uh, it, it's almost a little bit like the Lakers. When you, the only reason we know the Lakers guys' names because it's the Lakers. But who is Austin Reeves? Who is Jared <laughs> Vanderbilt? You know what I'm saying? If they're yeah. on other teams, you wouldn't even know who they are. And that's kind of the way it is with Miami right now. So uh, it's uh, it's a real interesting time in the league, team building wise, uh, because we're starting to we're, we're seeing success from teams that have some guys that you wouldn't really. Expect. But they're in the perfect situation for the way they play with the right guys around. Yes. Uh, tonight, 76ers and Celtics uh, square off at 6.30. That series tied 2-2. Two to two. Also tied 2-2, two to two, Suns and Nuggets. A couple teams that feel like they have are going in the wrong direction, in the right direction, in opposite directions, the Suns and Nuggets. Should be a fun one. we got to take a break. Um, we will come back and we will wrap up the show with kind of a recap of what's happening over there at Weatherford. That's why Aaron's on the road. He's over there at the 4A Boys Golf State Tournament. Keep it right here. It is a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday. Wrapping it up next, it's the Skinny on Sports on 98.1 FM, 1240 AM, KADS, the sports animal. Paul Jones Drug is Elk City's most experienced compounding pharmacy, meaning they can custom make your prescription medications to your doctor's specifications, safely and effectively providing you with exactly what you need. And for your convenience, Paul Jones Drug has a drive through pickup window as well as curbside service for testing and vaccinations and offers free local delivery. Just a couple reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug, 809 North Main Street in Elk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust. The Skinny on Sports. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Welcome back, Skinny on Sports. Wrapping it up here on a Tuesday. Jared Athens Studio. We have Aaron Kalk. He's on the road in Weatherford for a Boys Golf State Tournament. Only run one round today. Uh, Elk City with a chance to finish pretty high in the standings. Uh, again, Aaron, um, kind of preview it for us. What what are we looking forward to today over there in Weatherford? Yeah, kind of two tournaments right now. Uh, Oklahoma Christian and, and Heritage Hall way out in front of the pack, so it's kind of a battle for first there, and then it's a battle for third behind them with Oak City and Hall and Hall tied uh, for third with Casha Hall one shot back. And then, of course, the individual race, Ryder Cowan of Oklahoma Christian, four shots ahead of Mason Schmidt, who's in fourth, the Big Elk senior, uh, trying to reel Ryder in. And then also, if that doesn't happen, there's still that All-State uh, award out there if you can finish in the top uh two of the western side uh seniors so there's a lot uh, lots to cover i'm going to do a little pregame here as soon as we get off i uh, just saw keaton twyman come by on number seven so that gives you an idea of the Elks, uh, probably about halfway through the front nine right now so hopefully by 11 o'clock we'll have a score updates for you uh, from the front nine and then follow the rest of the action throughout the afternoon until this thing is over i would anticipate somewhere between 2 and 3 o'clock, we should know um, the full results of this Class 4A boys uh, state golf tournament. Very good. Again, Big Oak TV, just uh, stay following uh, or check Big Oak TV all day long, and you get those updates right there, uh, right there on the golf tab, and um, you should see uh, everything you want to see and um, get some final scores about mid-afternoon. 
All right, I think that's going to wrap it up, Aaron. I'll go ahead and let you go. I know you got. I know you got a busy day ahead right. of you. So, all right, take care. Uh, big thanks to Aaron for calling in, being a part of the show. I know he is a very busy guy uh, when it comes to doing this. This is a busy time of the year. It's a time of the year we kind of forget how busy it can get. You know, we always get to football season and think we're busy, and of course, basketball season uh, tips off, and we're going all the way until early March, and then we think it's done after that. Not the case because once baseball playoffs start, you got your golf state tournaments, like we just talked about, uh, soccer. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens this time of year, and then all of a sudden. It just stops. It's a wild ride. Hey, thanks, for everybody, for tuning on in. Thanks again to Paul Jones Drug. Thank you to Rodney Skinner and everybody helping us out here on a Paul Jones Drug Tuesday on the Skinny on Sports. Don't forget, this show will be in podcast form coming up here in a few minutes. Follow us on Facebook. you get all the links for it right there. It's going to do it for me. Aaron back in studio tomorrow. Take care. You've been listening to the Skinny on Sports podcast with Aaron Cowell. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available. Thanks for listening. That ball is blistered to right. Way back. Goodbye. Paul Jones Drug offers a free service that makes taking your daily medications safe and easy. It's called convenience packaging, meaning they can combine all of your daily medications and put them in sealed separate daily packages. This process replaces you from having to fill your daily medication dispenser. And as always, Paul Jones Drug prepares individual blister packaging for long-term care patients. With their drive through window, curbside service, and free local delivery, it's just more reasons you should choose Paul Jones Drug. 809 North Main Street, Milk City. I'm Rodney Skinner with Paul Jones Drug, and I promise we provide care you can trust.